Massive shout out to Ryan Cook, the uh, the war criminal Scottish player who put that list together. 20 Gideon mortars that went first against Trakari. <laughs> Check episode 18. <laughs> why we need a proper US circuit. I am awake, uh, Innes, and uh, <laughs> uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, the Coventry tournament that that some idiot came over for, uh, and also Anthony was there. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. I am Innes, and I'm joined as always mostly by Nathan and Anthony. My two lovely co-hosts, how are the pair of you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, had a nice relaxing weekend where my oven broke and then got no <laughs> nothing done of any kind for the rest of the weekend while I tried to figure that all out. Uh, just so everybody knows, if something beeps like every five seconds for like an hour while you try to fix it, it's real annoying and makes you real upset. That's what happened. Um other than that, I've been working on assembling guard tanks and getting stuff base base coded and ready for the guard codex release in three weeks. Um, I've got like 20 Kasserkin or something to assemble. That kit is amazing, but it's just so many pieces and so many little special weapons to put How on. easy does it look like it would be to add gene circle heads to? I mean, the heads are a separate piece, so it'd be real easy to do it. I'm sorry for the guard codex. Your voice is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wasn't going to comment on it. I was just going to tran angry translate for Innes for the whole evening. <laughs> Put on my best Scottish accent, which would actually just be a Midwestern accent the whole yeah. time and speak for Innes. You got to think, I mean, guys, this is the only way to slow me down. Yeah. Is to make Innes not feel good and tired. Yeah. Yes. KO his vocal cords. Uh, otherwise, I'm playing in a like competitive league here locally at our local store, and I was I picked guard because I was like, oh, the book will probably be out soon. And then it was like three weeks. So it's like at the tail end of the league. So I'll play new guard for like a week. Infinite which is great. power. Um, infinite power the last week of the of the of the league. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? How are you? Uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, I got six hours of sleep last night, so that was cool. Um, Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I was... <laughs> about as well as I managed all weekend, but it was in like my own bed and sober, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I'm pretty good. I had a great weekend. Uh, <laughs> that part was cool. I just my body is like, hey, bro, enough. So <laughs> I'm working on recovering from that. <laughs> it's all the hot juice, man. It's not good for you. How much? Yeah, it's the apple soup. juice specifically. How much dragon soup and urn brew did you drink over the course of the weekend? Not a single drop of iron brew. He was yeah. very much not not on board for that. Dragon yeah. soup, I think we got you through one can. I had a can and then some of the shots of it from the game of spoof. But aside from that. But, um, but you did become very aggressive about making everybody else who was new drink it too. Yeah, everybody else had to do it too. Every time, I, every time poor Pumba completely sidetracked. Every time poor Pumba didn't grab his can. Dragon soup for context is like... <laughs> Can about this size, four units of booze in it, 
tastes like battery acid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> tastes uh, like battery acid. Just the every best. Time, every time this poor, this poor little Polish quink puts it down, Anthony's like, <laughs> drink, drink, <laughs> yep. drink. It's true. That's true. Got some Pumba. Um, he's one of my one of my new favorite Rough. people. I love that guy. Um, we were good friends. I have a funny picture of him on my phone with his glasses on upside down. Uh, <laughs> I've still got that one of Trish doing the uh, the Mexican guy laughing face. Oh yeah, the kick W, dude. That's so good. <laughs> Um, before we make Innis talk about his weekend, go vote if you haven't gone and voted and you live in the U.S. and can vote. Shit, you should do that. God damn it, Anthony. No. It's okay. I can't make you go vote, but you should go vote anyways and spoil fascism. Please go yeah. do that. You should do that. I hear I push back the guard codex. I would be okay with it. If you voted and the guard codex got pushed back a week for like every extra person who voted, I'd be okay with that. That's fine. If you could guarantee that, I'd be a campaign organizer. <laughs> I'll just there's a, there's throw, a dwarf choking there somewhere. I'm gonna I'll leave it. Throw a game against Anthony at every event that I play him at, because that totally is a thing that needs to happen for every person who votes <laughs> in the United States. I'll just throw it. I'll just put down one model and be like, I, I lose. Sorry. <laughs> Which is what's the alternative what in our game, anyways. The alternative is he puts down all his models and then that happens. And then I lose. Yeah. yeah. Instead, me and Anthony can go like make bonus content or something, I guess, off in a corner. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I don't know. According to that would have been a really novel idea that we could have done while you were here. Doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound like a thing that we could have did. <laughs> Not with no. the time that we, yeah, we would have done a bonus episode on Choco Dice. <laughs> We still could do that. We could do a whole Choco Dice bonus episode still. We could, do could record us playing it and just getting absolutely ruined. Yeah. No, yeah. I, think, uh, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. I see. Like I don't know if I could do the not, the not smug ruled over camera. Like, I don't know. No, it wouldn't work. No, no, no. You're just sitting there staring into the green light like, I yeah, am just... not smug in this light. No, it's yeah. Not <laughs> I'm not strong enough. All right. How was your weekend then? <laughs> Um, much along the lines of Anthony's, I enjoyed a subtotal of about 12 hours sleep over five days, um, and then I have received about the same amount in the past day, none of which has helped. Uh, yep. It feels yep. like it feels like you're running on a treadmill, but you're like at the back of it, and it's getting faster, is how it's how it feels, and you're like, I'm really trying to catch up on sleep, and it's, just, it's not how sleep works, guys. Unfortunately, you're just going to feel miserable for a bit. Um, so yeah, I heartily recommend staying in an Airbnb with 10 other people and drinking for five days solid. I don't recommend suffering the consequences. So if you figure that out, please let me know. Yeah, please um, reach out to us. It did keep the price of the Airbnb way down. It really did. That was, that was appealing. None of the rest of the weekend was even remotely cheap, but hey, I didn't pay what Anthony paid because I didn't fly over. So I was going to say there wasn't much of the rest of the weekend. We went out to eat like once or twice. Like wasn't too bad. I don't know, man. You know, like. Eating like eating out, like take out like once a day and dinner once a day is not cheap either. That's fair. Anyway, uh, yeah, but other than that, I YOLO GSE'd because I uh, hate myself, I think was the general vibe in the room before the event. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. and ended up going third at the tournament, which was really cool. Uh, it turns out if that. you drop it to drop into the X and one bracket in round three, you don't play poorer. That's why everybody else made that made, made that mistake earlier. 
I made the mistake so much later and lost to Porter instead, uh, where they scored infinitely LSVP than Vic let me have. Um, well, some of us did. Okay, but well, some of us didn't go second against Nas as well. That was fucking the darkest <laughs> timeline. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll do a brief overview of Coventry proper. But yeah, I, I took JC. I went seven and one. I was very very happy with that. I had some squeaky close games: a ninety three ninety one win against Annihilation Legion, an eighty seventy nine win against Black Legion. Um, Legion trouble that doesn't count, bro. It's uh, it's getting across the line. Not how you do it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that that Black Legion player had really solid secondary choices. So let's not. So, anyway, we'll do a Coventry debrief after the stats, and we can talk about all sorts of Coventry stuff from favorite moments to favorite lists to, I don't know, something else. We'll Event takeaways? Yeah. I don't know. The stuff. episode name? Uh. Exactly. We can throw some really big shade at the United States' lack of a well organized tournament circuit. Uh,. The stats are still not that interesting, although Innis by himself caused like a huge deviation in the overrepresentation of one faction, which I think is great. That is very funny because <laughs> there's so few players of it, right? Yep. So for the week, our topmost faction, though, is Thousand Sons, which I didn't think was ever going to be a thing that I was going to say. Uh, they had a six. The guy in second at LGT. Yeah. All right. Coventry with seven of over Thousand Sons with 30 Scarabacles. So. Yep. Yeah, six, 66% win rate with only five people playing it. Uh, two top fours and two top tens meant that they had a six over rep ratio for the weekend. That's magnificent. That is also a faction's over rep that is manipulated essentially by like one or two people, and that's it. You got to remember as well, we tracked Thousand Suns with Flamers separately. That's just pure Thousand Suns. Yeah, uh, that's not chaos. Goes into chaos. Um, so yeah, that's just people out there with like Magnus and Magnus or Scarabacult. So those are the two choices and they are doing six times as well as they should be this week. Yep. Gene Steeler Colt is actually second by overrep. That's how I'm going to sort it this week. I'm just going to sort it by overrep because I think that's funnier. Uh, eight players over the weekend, two top fours and two top tens, a 54% win rate and a 3.78 overrep. Basically again, just Innes and one other person doing amazing over the weekend, dragging a whole faction with them to greatness. Hey man, Eric couldn't play this week. The rest <laughs> of us had to do something. Something. That's true. Uh, to complete the forces of the hive mind, we have Tyranids in third for overrep with a 2.7, uh, 5.8% of the meta, which is actually significantly down from like the eight to nine that we had seen historically and a 58% win rate. So their win rates also starting to go under 60 uh, I think this weekend we actually have full or mostly full uptake of the balance slate. I think Coventry didn't, though. Did Coventry use the slate? It absolutely did. Coventry okay. used the slate, yep. All right, so that's everybody then. I was only concerned about Coventry maybe not using it, but then that's everybody I think is using the slate now. Harlequins are in fourth at a 2.27 overrep. They did really well at a lot of events. They actually took two event wins uh, for a faction that hadn't been closing really well in our stats. That's quite something. Three top fours and four top tens, a 57.6% win rate and a 4% of the meta, which is actually a lot for Harlequins. Uh, that's only 20 players, though, over the weekend. But this is when a you, ton, just a ton for them, right? Yeah, it's like double what we typically see from them. They're usually in like the two to three range. Four is a lot. 
Uh, Chaos Demons are next up in fifth with a 7.4% win or 7.4% meta representation, a 57% win rate, and a 1.68 overrep. They also won two events, top four four events, and then top 10 to six events. And then I guess I'll just round out the rest with our event winners. Um, who are the other overrep winners of the week? We got Tau in sixth. 6% representation, 54% win rate, a 1.56. They won an event over the weekend. Uh, Craft World Eldar won an event over the weekend, had three top fours, nine top tens, and a 1.3 with a 53% win rate. And then Necrons are going to round out our event winners with Necrons winning two events, top fouring three events, and top tenning six events with a 1.3 meta rep. And those are our event winners. And then our high-performing factions. I know people are going to ask about Chaos Soup. So Chaos Soup, there were 25 people playing it. So that's all those lists that have Thousand Suns or Chaos Space Marines or another Chaos Space Marine faction. And then all that other shit tacked onto it, usually 15 to 18 Flamers. They had a 51.7% win rate over the weekend, and they got three top 10s, so no top 4s. It's a weird list going to the Chaos Soup as well, the stats though as well, because you're covering things like Abaddon Dogwalker lists or... Yeah. Uh, there was some people there with like chaos spawn and Abaddon and knights and all that sort of stuff. Um, poor like, rest of, rest of peace, Matty went down to that garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of the things we'll have to start looking at, I think, is maybe looking at some of those soup comps. You can do that a minute dashboard, but I didn't break it down for this weekend because I wasn't very well prepared. I probably should have done that yesterday, but I guessed it on Grim After Dark, which took out my whole evening. So if you have time, go watch Grim After Dark and watch the episode that I'm on where we talk way too much shit about other podcasts. It's a great time, though. Uh, next, I'll talk about CRS scores, which just got updated and have been fancified a bit. Uh, Jeremy has added change columns, both to the rankings as well as to the factions or to your CRS scores. He's also added it to the ELO and faction rankings, so you can see how those are shifting and how they change week to week. Uh, our number one for CRS, so that is our ELO scores that are adjusted based on faction performances, uh, Tom Ogden still at a 1990. Manny Chima is in second at a 1972, and then Vic Vijay is in third um, with a 1933, and his score went down 15 over the weekend. Uh, Mike Porter, who won uh, Coventry, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> Good. Thank God I can remember something. Is in fourth now. He went up six places. And got a magnificent 84 extra CRS points, which is a lot. Basically, Man because everybody good. Yeah, yeah he played I mean, a he killed the he, whole room. <laughs> yeah, he played like everyone in the top ten with him. So he played Vic, right? And then he played Nassim, and then he played Anthony, and then he did he play you as well, Ennis? No, you were the only Lucky person who got to dodge him. Play. <laughs> yeah. He didn't he didn't play Ennis, you could tell because he went undefeated. That <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> that, that Harley's list takes it bad from that GFC list. Mike kept coming over to me every other writer asking me how I was doing. Cause he was, it's like, I just don't want to play you. I'm like, I enjoy that, but also it hurts a little bit that I don't get to play you. Uh-huh. Could have saved the room. No, not a chance. Nassim is in fifth at 1925. Jack Harpster is in sixth. And Innes went up seven places. And is now in seventh place. He got a 63 uh, point change. Then rounding out the top 10 is TJ Lanning. For what is one as well? I have the same strike of the schedule as Mike. <laughs> uh, TJ Lanigan 
Andrew Gagno, and then Brett Urbanowski are rounding out our top 10 for CRS. Anthony is in 13th place. He did also go up seven places, just in case people are wondering. And then I know one of our patrons, uh, Chris Irvine, went up into the top 100 after his performance at Coventry over the weekend. Hell yeah. Brian also went up nice. in places. Yep. Uh, another friend of ours. Uh, and then I will pop Good over times. to the ELO, which I think is just kind of interesting to look at it a little differently. And Mike Porter actually went into first place based on his performance at Coventry. So if we look at just pure ELO, not offsetting for factions, Mike Porter is in first in our modeling. Turns out losing only one game in the season is pretty good. Yeah, he's 39 and one, which is, I don't know how you do that. That It's it's also worth reminding people that the reason Mike didn't win LGT is not because he lost a game. (laughs) It's because he had to work on Monday and had to drop. Dude, so wild. Like just, (laughs) who took his path? Like who? Vic, I think. So he would have. It would have been him and Vic playing for the slot on Monday morning, and Vic made it to the semis. Mm-hmm. If he could win the mirror, or he, if he could beat Alexandre, he probably wins the tournament because he beat the breaks off Nassim when they played at Coventry. Nassim was on a worse list. Right. Damn, that's wild. And then the other thing that we're going to look at real quick is we're going to look at the meta dashboard. So if you want to look at this along with me, you can go to www.stat check.com slash the meta i believe uh-huh, i'm not the only one who sucks at urls you're right it's me because i'm old so i'll share my screen which i know everybody loves when i do it's just so you can see what my we like to see like. your discord at the end of it a bunch um <laughs> i'm gonna try not to do that this time i'm gonna learn uh so you can see that the meta is increasingly more trending towards the middle which is kind of nice actually uh We've got a lot of factions that are kind of in this balance window. There's nobody who's like super high out of it. We do still have some Marine factions because just kind of dragging the meta down with them. Mostly Imperial Fists, Crimson Fists, and Ultramarines are kind of dragging it with them. Maybe if Stu Black had won a game over the weekend, we could have seen Ultramarines dude, do a little better. Dude, dude, that's what I mean. Is it? That's, the guy had 18 Bolter Inceptors. He was clearly there for the vibes, and I can that's respect fair. that. Okay. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't talk too much shit then. That's fine. Um, the other thing that I want... So you can see that the meta is pretty stable right now. We'll probably see more changes from the balanced data slate filtering it over time. But since they were light touches, I don't expect this to change like drastically. The one thing we probably do need to watch out for over the next few weeks, though, and see how it affects this is we're actually going to see Botan at full strength now. They finally completed the entirety of their Voltron by adding Hecatons and... Zerks onto it as well as they, all the they're like quadrupling the number of data sheets, right? So basically, they are adding their whole range now. So what we're going to start seeing is that changing. The other thing that I wanted to point out is that we've made some changes to our veteran by newcomer thing, and I think it's just great because we've named <laughs> our quadrants. So we have quadrant one, which is skill matters. Quadrant two, which is too strong, which is where we have kind of a split. Forces the hive mind out today. What do you think? We have quadrant four, which is WTF, which is where our newcomers have a higher win rate than our vets. Then we have our objectively bad factions where neither veterans nor newcomers can drag it out of the pits, which is where Imperial Soup is. Uh, The only factions now that are in the too strong, which is based on our current data, is Tyranids. Tyranids are the only faction that are currently in the too strong quadrant. Harlequins have barely skipped over the line into the... Harley's Skill Matters fine. Quadrant, just because they're Harley's like fine, guys. Just... under 50%. Uh, I think this is rounding it up to 50, so it's just slightly under 50. 
Otherwise, Eldari, which were our WTF quadrant, along with Votan, who are also there, have moved over into skill matters. If you look at Votan with only part of their codex, they have a 63% win rate with veterans and then a 48% casual win rate. So that's people who have attended more than one event and people who've attended only zero only are at their first event. So I don't know about this, guys, but if you have a 63% win rate, and your faction doesn't even have My all the data is, sheets. Yet. How the hell have you gone to two events with Votan already? I know, right? Two weekends. <laughs> Although I this is also just it. considering a person's experience, so it's not considering your experience with Votan, but your overall GT experience as a player. So it's whether yes, that is that is fair. So also, if I had like cared enough to play Votan, I could have definitely had them for Chicago and Coventry. Mm-hmm. Although the the Chicago one where we saw one of the Votan players where the the painter was painting them on the plane was yeah. pretty good. Get them via. No, remember. Also, they're not Anthony. Like those guys were playing eighteen bikes and, and eighty warriors. Anthony did play it better. You know. It's true. Also, I think uh, crimson fists are just not even on this graph. I do see imperial fists, but I think I think it starts at twenty percent. They might be too low. Does there? I think they're too low. Um, otherwise, you have Black Templar, Ultramarines, Gray Knights. Dark Angels and uh, Salamanders who are under basically in the objectively bad section. So it's mostly marine factions, which I guess if you watched the MetaWatch video, it sounds like by design for GW at this point is they don't really care overly much if marines are in the bad quadrant right now. Um, other than that, we're starting to see kind of everybody in the skill matters category. These are the areas where you see those large discrepancies between kind of new newcomers to the tournament scene and more experienced players. So if you look at like Tau, they have a 62% in veteran win rate and a 43% casual win rate. But it is funny when you break this down even further, and I won't do it live on the data set, but you'll see that this veteran win rate is quite a bit higher when you are even more experienced than that. Just Or when you play Farsight. Out there. Or when you play Farsight Enclaves, yes. Uh, other than that, that's all I'm going to look at for now. I'll just pop over to the meta overview. So you can always go to our page at www.stat-check.com and you can look at kind of this dashboard and you can play with it and look at faction performance. Like Innes said, you can look at Farsight Enclaves who, when you combine everything together, have a 54% win rate and 897 games played. You can tabulate this for just veterans if you want. Come on where you see a 67% win rate for Farsight Enclaves in the hands of veterans. So if you're excited and you want to go tinker with the data, you can go look at stuff that will make you sad like that. I'm sure that's totally fine. No totally big fine. deal, everybody. You can also break it down by meta, and starting soon you'll be able to break it down by this Q3 data slate once we have some more games under our belt with it as well. So that's what we're tracking. And I'm going to stop sharing so you don't get to see my Discord this time. What if we wanted to see your Discord this time? I'm good. You wanted well, to see it? If you want to see more of Nathan's Discord, what you could do is you could get his DMs. Um, the best way to do that is by... <laughs> <laughs> smooth. Smooth as silk. That was good. Very nice, actually. Man, so tired, Girl, but still so skilled. Growing his influencer power. Hell yeah. So, uh, thank you everybody for being with us for the start of the show. Uh, I'm going to do, do a couple plugs now. I'm going to start by plugging the other stuff we've been on this week because there was a little bit of it for each of us. I think except Anthony who refuses to go on content for us, go and simp for us in other places while you're in, while you're abroad. It's easy. Yeah, I'm just. It's fine. I don't, I'm not on like another very recognizable thing where I shout us out all the time. No big deal. No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, are of what? 
so Nathan was <laughs> on Grim true. After Dark this week, I believe, which you can find on the Frontline Gaming Network. I was on the Six Plus 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 show, uh, which is hosted by some lovely friends of mine down in England, uh, where we did a state of play for GSC, which was so good at making you enthused about GSC that it made me swap to GSC. Uh, and if that doesn't tell you that I enjoyed making it a lot, uh, I don't know what will. Um, so I re- heartily recommend checking that out if you want to hear me run through a general overview with a bit more depth on what I'm going to do of how the GSC list runs, plays, is you know intended to work. Uh, you could also probably find some content from Eric out there. Um, but yeah, that, that is where I did mine. And that is, yeah, I recommend it. Uh, people keep asking me about GSC, I just send them the link and I'm like, ask any other questions afterwards, please. I don't have time. Makes life much easier. So besides that, you can find all of our stuff. Uh, so stat-check.com. Uh, is it stat? I'm doubting myself. Yep. Stat-check.com is where you can find all of our... <laughs> you said it so well that I was like, that can't be right. Because um... <laughs> I said dash instead of hyphen. I think it's just easier when you do it that way. Yeah, probably. But it's a hyphen, you know? Uh, it's where you can find all of our everything. So you can find our articles. You can find the Mad Dashboard. You can find all the diff- all the various ranking scores that we keep a hold of. Uh, the main one to note for this week is that the October meta report was just released. I definitely did not write it while mostly half cut in Coventry. Um, so you should check that out uh, because we go through what we think of the top factions of the current meta and how we think they'll perform going forwards. That is going to be how that, as always, will be happening once a month. So keep an eye out for that again at the end of November. Uh, but there's a nice, easy, shareable tier list graphic and everything. Um, so tell your friends, make them angry at us. That's all I really want in life. Anger. Finally, you can check us out at patreon.com slash statcheck if you really enjoy what we do and you want to give us a bit more support and you want access even easier, unfettered to Nathan's DMs where I will personally guarantee you will respond to some percentage of them. I will definitely respond to DMs if you send them to me. Um, as long as they're not like full of rude nonsense. Sometimes I'll even respond, you respond to, to my nonsense. It's true, but you're my friend in this, and so I have to respond to you. Hell yeah. I have <laughs> friends. Have to. <laughs> it's true. I don't have to, which actually is probably a sign that I do like Innis at least moderately. Yeah. As I lie to myself and say it's moderately. You can also join things if you join our Patreon, like our TTS League that we're running right now, where you can play against Innis running 15 freaking Iron Striders with Laz Cannons if you're it's feeling really like bad. it. It's really it's so bad. bad. It's, it's so, so bad. <laughs> or Curie playing demons, or Anthony running a towel list that was designed for him, or me playing a guard list that is just really not good. <laughs> so I can't wait till we play, and I you can't kill my models, and I can't score. Uh, it's gonna be great. <laughs> We're just just two armies full of artillery, not able to do anything to each other. It's great. It'll be great. Just yeah, amazing. Just, just a mess. Uh, you can also watch stuff like our bonus content early, like Innocent Outs, where he interviews people, or all the WTC content that Innocent Anthony make, where they talk to WTC captains in Enter the Matrix stuff. Well, we're going to have some fun ones coming soon. Tiffus and I uh, found some found some gems while we were across. So. We, we also uh, run other games other than 40k on TTS leagues. I think we're basically rotating it now. Our first league was Star Wars Legion, and our next league will probably be something different. I don't know. Uh, it's going to be chocolate ice. I don't know what you're on about. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit competitive, hard TTS competitive TTS chocolate ice. Yeah. <laughs> Not important. No. We'll do spoof. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not playing that game outside of Europe ever. <laughs> On the shilling note, then I guess we can transition to talking about Coventry, where we where we stare off into the void, into the void that was Dragon Soup. Search the it, void of our combined placing of nine. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did okay. That was all right. There wasn't too much staring into the void. It was pretty hype in general, actually. How did you find your trip across the Atlantic for a singles tournament? Uh, so first things first, I could not have done any of this without Doug. <laughs> this is literally not possible in a vaguely financially responsible way without Doug's help. I uh, picked me up and got me to the airport. He got me to the event, the Airbnb. Doug is a hero. Thank you very much, Doug. Um, Doug, Doug was, was very much the adult in the room this entire tournament. Yeah, he was the most responsible one of us. He made sure we weren't idiots. Uh, he also did well in the two-day event. So, good shit all around. He also played Drukari and got shelled to death by guard and what I can imagine was an awful experience. But Massive shout out to Ryan Cook, the uh, the war criminal Scottish player who put that list together. 20 yeah, Gideon is... Mortars that went first against Drukari. That was terrible, man. What the fuck? That guy's working through some issues from when Drukari were the best and he's like, never again. 20 full hit roll re-rolling Mortars. He lost in the finals of the two-day event. <laughs> Um, because he didn't scout, he didn't scout his scout sentinels far enough forward. Got duplicity teleport, dark power, dark power, crystal storm. I do score the terminators, both of which hit their charge. From what I understand, it's like, yep. damn, dude, that would have been it's so fun. Brutal. Yeah, that's that's unlucky. But no, massive shout out to Ryan who did scholar. He actually dropped from the three day event. Uh, went on three on day one, and it was like, nah, two day events way easier. <laughs> Dragged himself up. <laughs> Him and Gaylord both in the uh, both in the two day destroying people. Absolutely. So yeah, um, it was great. Uh, the dinner I got in Oxford was really good. The Airbnb we stayed at, like like memes about it being like a trap house side, was actually quite nice. We all had like you know there was at most two of us in a room, right? Um, I had a single. A bunch of us had single rooms, um, and it was not expensive at all. Um, the venue itself was nice enough for what it was. It wasn't, like, crazy, but, like, that's not the point. I'm there to play Warhammer anyway. It's not like I'm doing anything wild at the venue. Um, yeah, it was very much standard UK fair. It was in a sports hall. Like, it was, right. like, it was actually yeah. kind of weird. And then we're normally in, like, a sports hall that's just doing 40K. This one was big enough that there were, like, kids with boxing gloves that I'm pretty sure could take me. Uh, yeah. yeah, they almost certainly could. Um and the pool yeah. alarm kept going off. That was the only bad thing, was the pool yeah. alarm kept going off. And making us all be like, do we need to leave? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the random fireworks that I wasn't expecting threw me for a loop, as you are well aware. Um, but aside from that, uh, it was really good. Yeah, I had a great time. Um, it definitely made me a bit jealous. Um, it just seemed like the competitive 40k, like, culture is a bit healthier in the in like across uh in the uk um no one gets weird about chess clocks and so far as i saw um like even like the like the earlier rounds that i was playing people were like yep we're gonna play on a chess clock and i was like absolutely cool um it being a lot more standardized people tend to slow roll things when they're important which was also a nice change of pace rather than like that being like a weird thing I'm not particularly picky on which way that goes, but I am aware that it is a very large advantage. So it was nice that people were like also aware that it's a big deal. Um, 
It was definitely cool. Um, the terrain being standardized is really nice, especially when you can more or less like know what you're going into and build for it. Um, I definitely played... Like, my army was, like, twice as strong on that terrain because I could just point Blastmasters at an objective and be like, you're never scoring primary from that. Don't even bother putting anything on it. Um, and have that be kind of accurate. Um, so that was a bit strange, but for the most part, it was pretty good. Uh, when you get later in the days, the terrain sets start to get a little weaker. Um, day two, round three, and... Day three, round two were the most flawed. Yeah, um, both of the um, the hammer and anvils with the scouring and recover the relics. The yeah. ruin set just isn't great. Uh, if anybody remembers from when I was talking about my Manchester GT win, um, that was the mission I played Conrad in, where I just went first and pushed my entire like Crusher's Deputy Army into his middle ruin, saw it all, killed it all, um, which yeah. is what happened to Nassim in, and Anthony in game six and eight against yeah. Harlequins and Tower, respectively. It's just not... It's not a great setup. I don't think the ruins they have well line up particularly well for that board. Um, you just rotate them and you would save yourself a lot of headache. But... It becomes wildly powerful then, though, so I don't know if there's, like, a trade-off there. I think that's better than the alternative where Agreed. you don't play a game. Agreed, uh, but not while Masterful Shot Supercox exists. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like then they're less powerful offensively, right? So it's not as big of a deal. Um, so, so Anthony, aside from terrain, was there anything else that you didn't really like about the event, or was it just kind of terrain map 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 layouts that made? But I didn't like about the event. Um, no, not really. Like every time I played someone in an undefeated round, it seemed like they had like a vague idea of like a reasonable expectation of a game rather than it being like this like weird angsty thing. So that was cool. Um, oh, the game I played against Mike Porter was probably like my single favorite game of 40k I've ever played. Um, that was incredible. We could not have been more like evenly matched if we tried. Um, it was actively judged for the most part all the way through, which was really cool. Um, having a judge there to be like, yep, it's this. Or, like, you don't have to, like... Not that me and him had, like, literally any contention whatsoever, but it was nice if I was like, I don't know if this is a six or a seven. The judge just does it for you. You don't have to worry about that. And then you have, like... Even if you don't necessarily, like, think it's that, you just go with what the judge says, and you just carry on with what you were doing. It makes the game flow a lot smoother. I would love to see more active judging at higher tables in an event even if it's not necessarily the finals yeah, um, want, like table five round table three round five something something like that the judges yeah. just kind of around you guys the entire time yeah they were just there um and you know that's equal parts we're friends with the judges and but like they were very active throughout the hall like if you needed a judge it was very easy to get one um also like knowing that the judges are competent is not necessarily a guarantee in the u.s um whereas when like the the polish folks fly across you can be like those guys know what they're doing and have a degree of certainty that they're going to give you a reasonable call um <laughs> so yeah that was nice too uh there was a lot of parts that were really good the uk community i mean like by virtue of it being a smaller country is clearly more tight-knit but like when you walk in the hall lots of people know each other and are like hey and there's a little like you know what's up and community is stronger yeah, the number um, of times you just kind of like see your round one opponent from the last one, you're just like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" Like, right. I, I played 
I don't know, like 30% of the people in the hall, it felt like. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you know a huge portion of the people there. Um. So yeah, Um. I didn't play anybody where I felt like their like, list was trolling either. Like that happens sometimes at US events. And I'm sure it can happen at these, obviously, the community in an open event in 40K is at least 50% fairly casual usually. Um, sure. But I just happened on my path through the event. I didn't play anyone where I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> at least everyone's army like made a degree of sense. Um, yeah. Did you, did you have a favorite list that you played into over the weekend? Uh, I mean, it was very funny that Porter was like, what nerfs and just played the <laughs> army the same exact way. Hey, uh, hey, hey. He swapped out the Rift Code Tester for two bikes so he could score secondaries a little easier now that he can't just advance 28 and shoot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a change, technically. Uh, definitely is a switch. It was real funny. Uh, as far as, like, favorite lists... I don't know. Not really. Like, there was nothing that, like, really was like, oh... Um, oh, I played against successor Space Wolves for like one of the first times. Uh, I think I've only played against them once before. Um, yeah, I think I saw but, pictures of that in our Discord of like 10 Terminators facing down five Wolfen. Yeah, yeah, that was a thing that happened. Um, yeah, that and then Anthony's cool. heart was in his throat a little bit when that charge happened. And then... <laughs> yeah, just a touch. Yeah, just because like, I don't know, what fight on death always makes me terrified, right? I'm just like, I, I remember when I first started and I was playing Blood Angels and I'd play against Wolfen and be like, okay, I guess I lose. Like, I didn't have, there was no recourse to that. So, yeah, there's a bit of, bit of change now. But, uh, yeah, that matchup was mostly fine. That opponent was really, really, really skilled. If he was on not Space Marines, he would have been, like, one yeah. of the harder Chris, games. Chris Radford is uh, one of the Savage of Mariners guys. They're a fairly a newer team in the UK uh, who have yeah. been doing very well. Um, and yeah, uh, Chris just needs to play a better faction, dude. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> He's very, like, technically talented in the game. Like, he, like, still hits, like, he still hits, like, D-Whip with them now as well. Yeah, I believe it. That's a that sounds real. Um, he definitely set up like a really good like drop pod far away from me where I couldn't interact with it and put them in cover with the spell, and then just died to the first three blast masters that shot because he couldn't hit a four up, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he had like that game was a great example of you can do everything correctly and still lose. Um, so it's funny because I had that conversation with somebody over the weekend via discord is that sometimes you're just going to lose games, even though you do things correctly. Yeah. Good job. Excellent work. Unlucky go next. Um, <laughs> there, I mean that that's a, that's a life lesson. Like yeah. that's not just a 40 K problem. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had a, I had broadly a really good time. There's a lot of things from the event that the U S could serve to do better. Um, and we'll see if, you know, through feedback, I can pass that along and hopefully give that. Yeah, why don't we talk about that in just a minute? We can get Innes's event recap and then we can spike over to why the U.S. tournament circuit is bad and what it needs to change and kind of what lessons it can take from the U.K. one. I'm looking forward to coming over and giving my take on uh Elvio. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, you do that um, for us, right? Like, yeah, we do that for both. Yeah. Well, since I'm being paid, I'm being paid for to go to Mythical. I'm going to be trying to make some content when I'm out there as well. So I might try and do some vlogs and shit. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So for me, Coventry was 
I want to say it's like my fifth UK PC event this year. I've did I did Newcastle, Manchester, LGT, Unconquerable, and this. So yeah, my fifth one, uh, third trophy. Can't complain. Um, so LGT, the only one I dropped a trophy at, which is the one I really, really wish I got a trophy at. Uh, <laughs> that's oh, yeah. the one that's like, oh, just well, I couldn't have got as well as this one did. Um, yeah. I forgot I got a really dope trophy. Let me get that. <laughs> they are real cool. You got the uh, oh, you got the yeah the medals. Um, yeah, so I, I I know what the terrain is like now. I own a set of it, so I can play practice games on it. Yeah, Anthony, those medals are so nice. I have a picture frame with a bunch of them now. I'm very worried it's just gonna fall off the wall because they are like solid hunks of metal, but they are very nice. Um, so yeah, I, I knew what I was going in for. Uh, making the swap to Yolo GSC was definitely uh, it's half past eleven on submission day, and I am not happy with any of my choices. And then I just kept coming back to, well, I don't really want to play Nits and I don't really have anything else. So what else do I play? So I, I went with GSC in the end. Uh, I think I was very happy with the choice. Uh, I would be hard pressed to, you know, it's hard hard to go to say after the fact. Uh, if I'd done well, I obviously wouldn't have been happy with the choice. I think that's just kind of how things go when you're an art, when you're an art doing results based analysis. Um, but I think it set me up in a good position. I played through some really tough lists and got the results I wanted. So I played. Knights of both stripes three times, Chaos Space Marines twice, and then once each of Eldar, Necrons, and Tyranids. And the Eldar game is the one I lost to Vic. Um, I definitely think there's a path to victory in there. I would love to play that game five more times, uh, especially getting to a second would be real nice against the Eldar list that doesn't have to give it anything on the board if it goes first, or if it doesn't go first. That would have been real nice. Um, so yeah, uh, broadly, very, broadly very happy with it. I I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with the GSC, um, especially if I'm coming over to the States. I think that that seems like a really good way to be really tired for the entire time I'm in the States instead of what I could do, which is play something brain dead and just vibe the entire way through. So I think that's probably what I'm going to do there. But I may revisit them for LVO just to see what happens with the uh, general state of the game in the next two and a half months. It's a while away, right? So, yeah, potentially. Um I, I really enjoy the UKC events. There's a reason I keep going to them. I bought a season pass for this year because I fairly consistently go to any of them that are north enough to get to easily. Uh, I've got to defend my title at the next um, Newcastle and Manchester as well. That's just kind of a thing you've got to try and do, right? Yep. So yeah, I, I don't love the I don't love the train for um, day for game six and eight, and I really, really, really hate those ruins. So there's one of the ruins on the board has a lip on the outside and windows. So you can just run onto it. And I find I find that broadly it makes fast shooting armies significantly more powerful on UKC boards than they would be if they just had like one of them, like one of the two in each player's half had boarded up windows or ground floor just did just blocked on the side properly. Because armies like Tau or Eldars and Harlequin specifically have so much movement that they can go from a completely safe position to jumping onto your completely safe position and then open it up by touching onto the ruin and seeing through it. And I just don't enjoy that. I don't think it creates um the most fun gameplay because you have to play so much more aggressively into them, which just gives you so many more fail states. And I get that it's part of why other and towers are strong on those boards, but it definitely for me as somebody who doesn't play that who not everybody plays fast, you know, fast shooting armies. Um, I think they could probably do with a little bit of a boost comparatively. Uh, oh. Or you're because you're either playing like super tanky armies like Chaos Space Marines, or you're playing fast shooting armies in this battle. It feels like the train definitely made some matchups way more binary. Like when I went second against the team, it was like this is this is just no longer a game. Like this is not even not even real. 
Um, Tao on that terrain is nuts. Like, I could not imagine, like, living in the UK and not owning a Tau or Eldar, some variant like that army to play on that terrain. If I was like, I want to win the UK TC. You did fine because you had Crusher into Levy into GSC. So, like, yeah. that worked out. It's totally a okay. path. You can, you can, like, navigate a path, but Tau and Eldar are there the entire time. Right, like, yeah. And if you own Tau and... I don't, like... I mean this in the least disrespectful way possible, but, like, if you owned a Tau and, like, had a brain, single-digit placing. Like, unless you got a horrific, horrific, like, win path or played a bunch of mirrors or, like, got unlucky in the path. Like, as insofar as, like, things you can control going into the event, be, like, awake, caffeinated, playing Tau, that should be good for a single-digit placing unless things go sideways. <laughs> Um, I think it's good, good. It's good for a five and three. I think uh, pretty much guaranteed. Is yeah, I'll, at least I'll be I'll be a little nicer than that today. I think uh, Nassim characterized it as move forward, jump back, roll dice. I didn't even. He didn't even have to jump back in the game we played. It was like move forward, remove opposition, watch Anthony drag his broken corpse across the finish line. <laughs> Yeah, I just Once mean when you think stand about it, on like the recover other Alex objectives and just if, say, "I'm scoring points. Please yeah. don't take them off it, me." Ah, it just means just, you like, hiding. It just means you have a fallback plan, right? So, like, if that first round of shooting, if you go first, fails, you can jump back to safety and see if the variance goes in your favor in round two of your shooting phase. No, no, no type player has ever mentally recovered from bouncing turn one. They all just break down and go into a corner. That's true. That, that yeah. does explain the break in the veteran versus newcomer data, probably, is that some people just see that their stuff is turn one failed, and they're like, I give up, you win, because I don't know what to do. Yep. Whereas what you do is just move back with no ramifications or expenditure of resources, and then try again the next turn. Yeah. I will shout out our, uh, our buddy Cristo, who went first against that list with Freebly Lance and said, all right, it's all in the middle. Your go. What can you kill? And it wasn't quite enough. So, yeah. Paul there was definitely, definitely lose those <laughs> conditions there. I uh, call your bluff, good sir. That's <laughs> what Mike did, right? He just parked everything nine inches away from Nassim's army and said, you can't kill it all. And then Nassim couldn't kill it all. Harleys so. are weird for Tau, right? Because Tau have, like, these thunderous activations, but they have, like, five. So you kill, like, the fuck out of four Void uh, Star Weavers, not the stuff inside, because it went behind a wall, and you're like, hey, that's not fair. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't just only lose five boats and then take all my objectives away. That's not yeah. how this is supposed that's to work. <laughs> oh, Harlequins, how I don't understand you in the slightest. Have a favorite list that you played over the weekend in it? Oh, dude, I played Annihilation Legion. It was so <laughs> cool. I was so not hype on this before the event. Dude put 48 destroyers on the board and said, This is all I have. And the 12 played ones. And I went, Yeah, I guess I'll start killing it turn one and see where I go. Um, is that in the game that you won by like one point? Two points. Two I points. Seven Locust destroyers on turn one. Seven more on turn two, and still only one by two points. That list was a grind. We also played in like a really good mission for him, and we played in um priority targets. So Necron Secondary plus guaranteed 44 primary basically made for a sad, sad day for me. Um yep. but no, it was a really, really cool game. Came down to uh me denying him two parts of the armor points by breaking my own coherency 
um, in casualties to lose models to jump out on the other side of a ruin to be in that quarter for charge for two turns and winning by two points. Um, which I was, yeah, the, the best part, of, the, my favorite part of TSC is uh, killing my own models to coherence checks so that I can fall back and shoot. Uh, <laughs> when you don't get rules, you make them <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, if, if you don't if you don't have fallback and shoot, fallback and shoot, storebot storebot is fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the fallback and shoot that your mom says is at home when you ask for fallback. Yeah, exactly. And shoot. Like, like you can run you can run the magus who's got the power, or you can just have icons and hope for the best. Uh, well, that's like the old uh, black templars, like out of an impulsor devout push into someone, you'd like get out, run, and just devout push into them. It's like it's like charging. Yeah, I have I have fire and fade. Yeah, I have. I have advanced charge, totally. Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Look, just instead of CP, it costs me models, and that's okay. And it, it's GSC. Like, it, it didn't even really cost me models. They came there back. Are like, there are like 80 more models where those came from. It's fine. It's fine. Regenerating models in your command phase before you score primary is so fucked up. Cultus, baby. <laughs> is there... If you had to give the event a grade, Innis and Anthony, what grade would you give it? Uh, does that include stuff that the event didn't do, or is that just like how did the UK yeah, TC the do social it? was a oh, 10 out of 10. You can do you can break it into categories. Yeah, yeah, you can start with socialization, like how was Innis? Yeah, the 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 like the team stuff, like the outside the event or like the camaraderie was definitely the best. Like that was fantastic. Excellent work, everyone that was involved, uh, including yeah. Gandalf. Oh, um, Gandalf. <laughs> Love you, Gandalf. Um, so, yeah, that, that part was awesome. Uh, the UKDC did a great job. Their staff was on it. I, everyone kept telling me that, like, lunch and stuff was going to be super expensive at the hall. And then I'd, like, go up to get, like, a sausage roll the first morning. And I'm like, all right, give me a sausage roll. Yeah, coffee, water. It's gonna be like fucking twenty bucks because that's what it was at like GW Chicago. And the guy's like, "All right, four pound." And I'm like, "No, I'm okay." When people say it's expected, they're talking about LGT. Oh, uh, sure. Which is like a ten or twelve quid for lunch, thirteen quid, uh, yeah. because it's like food trucks. No, the uh, the invention stuff is cheap. There was also like a KFC, a McDonald's, a Subway, and a Pizza Hut within like walking distance. Yeah, so it was fine. Lunch was lunch was good. Yeah, yeah. it's like I don't know. I, I describe them as paint by numbers GTS uh, because they are broadly the same thing every time. They're like a solid eight. Like there's there's nothing special to them in that sense. They are notable for their size, if nothing else. Uh, and like the consistency of terrain, like for all for as much as it, yes, I like to complain about it. At least it's consistent. You know what you're getting into. I I knew when I signed up for that the Eldar Tower were going to be stronger because those ruins exist, uh, and I have the opportunity to plan and build around that. Anthony came into it a little blinder, um, but but I also played a list that like from what from I played. Massively. Well, I meant um, what I was going to say is that like Vic played like this variant of the list already right so i know it works on that terrain so i didn't have to change like a ton of shit um yeah i like honestly like as far as the event goes the fact that i have nothing to complain about really makes me want to just call it like a nine fix those two boards and we're good i would do one of those a month 
Um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would just do them every single time. When I have nothing to complain about, it's very difficult for me to be like, well, it didn't blow me away. So, and it's yeah. like, I don't, that's not how that works. I paid you for a thing. You did the thing extremely well. Um, that's it. That's all I want. I want to come out of the event not complaining. Yeah. It's the first time I've done like an actual, like, everybody plays three days event as well, uh, outside of like WC, oh, yeah, nice. which is super different. I really enjoyed the eight rounds. Um, Obviously, the being able to recover from losing a game round three to still come third is something that only really happens when you have a lot of rounds, yeah. uh, which you know makes was good for me. Uh, it, was, it wasn't win path paired. Win path, I would have finished fifth, I think. Um, so fine. There's all but you to play different people. Oh, that's the other thing. It was actually so like I know, I know, I get it. I understand the downfalls of the battle point placing system. But it was kind of nice to be back on it after like a long while of events where it felt like it was in no way, shape or form in my control, how I did past like just winning or losing and then being like, eh, I don't give a shit. Uh, it was nice to have what I scored in a game matter again. You oh, hidden placings. Oh, that was annoying. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't great. I kind of don't care because they were really good about putting the pairings up way earlier than I was expecting to get them. Like in U.S. events, you get them the morning of. So like having it like two days before and then like the night before for all the pairings and stuff, that was fucking sweet. Yeah, UK UK has always had a long history. I think it comes from fantasy, where just like all the fantasy people left fantasy to come to 40k and kept running tournaments. The pairings go up, like pairings go up in advance. You get everything as far as possible, so you can shit talk. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whatever reason is fine. I'm not picky about why, but it was just in general, it was really nice. I definitely like was rather worried going into my round one because Yanari can always be a little touch and go. Um, but Ben was like a fantastic, that was the one thing, even in my matchups where it was like tight, like even that game with Porter, clearly like razor thin margins. He beat me by one. It was real relaxed the whole time. No point did we like waver from playing by intent. If he needed to do something, I helped him and vice versa. Like, and that was true of all eight rounds. Um, yeah, that was good. That sounds basically perfect. That sounds like an incredibly well-run event. Yeah, which they... actually, I think, brings us into our next topic, which is lessons that the U.S. circuit could learn in order to make a U.S. circuit exist in a proper fashion. So one of the big things that um, I've heard a handful of people say is that the UKTC circuit is pretty good about taking feedback. Um, I don't know if that's a thing that Ennis would agree with. He's nodding, so I'm going to assume he does. He started selling cider because I complained that I don't drink beer. <laughs> yeah, like they're like. It seems like people tend to complain about something once. Um, and for all that you wanted, like anyone could conceivably think to imagine to complain about for these events, it looks like they don't get to complain about it very many times. Like I would be shocked if like, I, I'm going to submit like a feedback email to them later. Cause that's another thing they do. They ask you for like a written feedback email. Um, I would be shocked to see the, the hammer and anvil, terrain placements be an issue like yeah, i think that's probably feedback they've had before as well it's just updating the terrain takes a while because even if they just pivot it right like, yeah I think, exactly. I think organizers in general are very open to suggestions that improve their event without costing them money 
<laughs> so if you're if you can give them something that's like, hey, just rotate this or maybe rule this as this, like it tends to go pretty well. Um, I think that the scattershot nature of the US makes it difficult to be like, everyone do this, right? Like that's not really like a thing that'll happen. Um, whereas there you guys have like a single organizer in Zach that runs all these events. Now, that said, there is larger organizers in the U.S. that just stagnate. That just are like, I run this event this way, and it runs like this every year, and lots of people come to it. And they're kind of shit. Uh, I have been almost universally disappointed by most of the larger tournaments that I've gone to that everyone told me were like must go events um honestly the exceptions are just the gw opens those have been great um but those are also hilariously more expensive than coventry was chicago cost me more than coventry and is and is right there like <laughs> comparatively i flew across the ocean stayed there for a week and spent about two-thirds of what i spent at chicago um if that um and like in fairness, that was a really nice hotel that I stayed in, right? And it was a, you know, all the things, right? But still, like a lot of, I wish we had like a USTC. Uh, like that would be awesome. If there was just some, some, any amount of standardization across the event structure, that would, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, it doesn't have to be all the events, right? It just has to be frontline being like their events follow a standard that's better than what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, Frontline has a million and one ways they could improve, but they don't care about improving. They care about not spending more money or putting in effort. So I continue to be permanently disappointed in them as both a company and an organizer. Um, I would prefer almost anything else had the reins of the US scene. I'm going to do my absolute best to go to zero Frontline events next year. Um Ideally, including LVO, if I can swing that, we'll see how it goes. But I'm already paid for this one, so I'll be there. Um, Sorry, there's a space in our hotel for LGT. It'll be bigger. Yeah, sweet. Whatever, whatever it takes. I would. Ra- I'm going to LGT next year anyway. Like that's just a thing that's happening. So, like, there's no, there's just such little incentive for that, or they seem to think that there's such little incentive for them to improve. I'd love to see something spring up in the. US that had a real chance of being like, yeah, we run events the same time as Frontline and just people go to ours and not theirs. So um, what are some things like specifically, I think that like a wish list of things or like some things you want to pull directly from UKTC? Feedback's important. Like that's a really good one because I do think that like a lot of people based on what I've seen listen, happen right? and how feedback is taken by some of the organizations in the United States that the feedback means nothing like yeah I mean, you can see how it works with like sometimes the depth of receiving feedback about stuff is that nothing changes um i mean we've we know that frontline has received a lot of feedback about various things and hasn't changed anything but beyond receiving feedback and making changes like what are some examples of things we should take from those events and build into u.s events and a u.s event circuit the problem is not so much that like so like we can make suggestions for forever right but they have no interest in listening so it's difficult for me to give a shit about what they do rather than just not doing them 
right? Mm-hmm. Especially in a world where, like, having done the math, like, literally when I got back, it is unironically cheaper often to do the UK events if I can find a cheap enough flight because I can stay with a million people in a sweet Airbnb or just crash with someone who lives close to the event rather than like paying through the nose for the domestic flight, then the hotel, then the to and from and the this and the that and the 800 other variables. It It's stupid, but it's real um, that like, like as an example, right? Like we both went to Charity Hammer this year in the Dustin Tabletop Open. Even if we had just gone to the Open, the just going across for Coventry was roughly half the price. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> it like, doesn't make I won't, sense. I won't lie to you because that event was the most expensive thing that I've paid for thus far. Like I did Chicago and I paid like extra money for like the VIP package thing yeah. because I knew that the cost for me relative to living in Chicago right. was going to be like nothing. Like right. I was paying for an event ticket. Yeah. Um, I think one of the challenges is that a lot of frontline events are kind of in like are in places that are hard to get to and hard to stay in with other people. The rest of them are fairly like adjacent to things. The problem is that they run them out of casinos so Mm -hmm. that there's an inbuilt, like, you know, part of it is that they want you in the block so they don't lose their ass on the event. Right. Um, But casinos tend to not be near residential areas. Right. So Mm -hmm. it really depends. I, there's a lot that I would change about frontline events. I just don't think they'll ever listen and I'm tired of wasting my time with them. Uh, I've just fully accepted at this point that something else needs to spring up in the U.S. or it's just not going to get better. I think what the U.S. needs more than anything is like probably a regionalized system more than a national system because the United States is so gigantic. Like you probably need a U.S. East, U.S. West, U.S. North, Midwest, and probably a U.S. South or something like that. I would love to see it split in like four regions. And then at the end of the year, we have like a teams event or something like that. Like, I think that'd be dope. Like you play all year. And then like the eight, whoever is the rank one picks fucking seven more something. You know what I mean? I'm clearly, Definitely. this is an idea I just had right this second, but I think something mm-hmm. like that could be really cool. But again, there's no circuit in play that gives a shit. So it's kind of rough. Yeah, I think one one of the things is like, and the biggest point is that feedback is just not important to people, right? And so right. you'd you'd need a new system where you get local talent probably to do the things because you probably want people who know each region to do it, but also a system that has accountability from the people who attend events and is responsive to feedback from people. So they're accountable essentially to the people who attend their events. And it feels like the existing system is just not accountable. Yeah, I'll say one thing for Zach. Zach is doing running for a tournaments full time now. This yeah. is his job. It, so he is now in the committed position where if he doesn't keep improving things or making things better, he will be out of a job. Yeah, uh, he gets capitalism. But exactly. yeah, like that should be how, like, he has built himself a reward structure for doing what for running good tournaments. Right. I think people will always just show up at the U S ones, right? Like frontline has no, or less, I guess, incentive to get better. Cause there's no competition yeah. or there's less competition. It's kind of the same with you. There's no events in this on the same scale, like nothing even close. Right. But that's cause he's put all the events together. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
Yeah, uh, Frontline definitely is like the show, and that's kind of it for a lot of people for large, major sized events, right? Super majors and stuff like that in the United States. They're almost all of the super majors in the US are run by Frontline Gaming. And the capstone for the season is also run by Frontline Gaming. And the whole system that we use for ranking people is also run by Frontline Gaming. So, yeah. like, Frontline controls kind of all of the reins for the competitive system in the United States. Yeah, and you're working against like years of momentum if you try and change that. Mm -hmm. I, it's not that I don't even think that like something new needs to spring up and like take down the ITC. Like it doesn't have to get fucking crazy. I just think that surely like basically anyone else could run a better event at this point. Um, yeah. And that's not like a knock against like the dudes running the event. It's just that like there is a limit to how much control they have right and like maybe there'll be some crazy shit at lvo that makes all of this worth it and what but like it's been a really shit experience for a newer play like newer i'm using very loosely to describe myself uh coming into the scene and people are like yeah man frontline used to be all there was and i was like that's cool but they're not now so what why do we still accept this as like a thing what the fuck is going on I also think like one of the mistakes that we've made is that we have a tournament organizer running the like award system for yearly awards is a mistake. What um, do you mean? And it sh like, I don't think Frontline should run the ITC ranking system. I don't think that should be a thing. I don't know. It, it, it exists as an incentive to play their game or to play their events, right? Ultimately, right. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a hard, I don't think it's a hardship. You can yeah, see runs. You can see runs its own rankings here as well. Yeah, I don't think that ends up mattering. I wish there was more rewards. That would be cool, but like you know, I don't think it's the biggest problem. I think the biggest problem is still like, like you said, there's just no just give and take them, for response. Nobody cares about making changes that cost money. But I guess, All right, boys, we should do questions. Should we so jump into questions. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let us jump into show questions. So, as always, we are going to take about 20 minutes of questions. Uh, we are going to start with a question that we're asked in our Patreon Discord. So, if you would like to guarantee your question gets answered, go and check that out. That is mentioned earlier, and it's in the description. Otherwise, we'll try and get what we can from chat based on the time we've got remaining. Uh, I need to find show questions. There we go. We have a couple in the YouTube chat, if you want. Did we add a new show questions discussion channel so people could talk about the questions? I did yes. that because I there was a question and then it was like seven things and I was like surely they won't do that again and then they did and I was like all right enough <laughs> <laughs> okay uh can you oh we did, we did that one that's fine Ennis has your brain recovered from playing GSC for eight games never never wasn't recovered bro I would have played eight more probably I definitely could have played around nine on that day but I could have too. I don't even. I would have played Nas right if it had been on one, two, three, four. Yeah, that'd have been fun. Um, thoughts on UKT terrain? Now you find it. We've done it. Nathan, how's the guard army coming along? Slowly but surely. I've decided moving away from a purely Solar Auxilia army into like a Necromunda themed army. So I'm converting Scions from Vansar people. So they look really fancy, and they've got ODST helmets, which I think is kind of neat. So they look. The army looks like each of the individual pieces is supplied by a different gang, and I think that's kind of neat. That's what I'm working on right now. It looks really cool. We'll see how it goes. 
violence, can we expect to see you more at European tournaments? Fuck yeah. Anytime I can get like a vaguely a reasonable flight across and figure out accommodations that don't like shatter my spine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be trying to do as many as I can get away with. Honestly, the ideal ones would be the, 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 the quote unquote ideal ones would be in the summer. So I can take Anna with me. Um, that would be dope. What's the connection with Innes suddenly posting the GSC Discord? I got pinged in there and I was like, oh yeah, I'm in here. I'll answer some questions. <laughs> Chill. How did Innes find Excavate? Uh, it was okay in most of my games. It was kind of trolling in a couple of them. Broadly, was, I'm not unhappy with the upgrade. And it was game-defining in one. Fuck you, Avalon. Fuck you, Black Legion Terminators. Stood in a ruin. Take two turns to get off it. Yeah. Um, how, how happy am I with my list? I'm very happy with that. I don't think I would change it much, if at all. There's like 20 points of flex. There's 32 points of flex in the list. There's Excavate and four Hand Flamers. If you can find something better to do with them than what I did, feel free. I was happy with what I did. Uh, when is that check going to start running its own tournaments? We are technically sponsoring a few tournaments, like we're working with All Is Dust, which is a Canadian GT. Uh, anything I run in the new year will be run with stat check as part of it, probably, because there's, it just seems easier. There's so many of us at that Mythicos event that it might as well be a stat check event. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of us basically will be at All Is Dust in March. I think even I'm going to be there. I'm trying to make it work out. No. Nope. No, nope. no, no! You don't want to go to a tiny town nope. in Canada. <laughs> Hard. You're going spoke. to you're going to New Jersey. No. <laughs> uh, Why do Marines get to keep their ancient supplements when everyone else is losing the ones that came out years afterwards in January? Because they're terrible. Leave them alone. Just let them do their thing. God, let Christ. them let them suffer twelve feet deep in the ground in peace. At this point, yeah, leave even them alone. No, Marine complaining I'm not is not mad at them anymore. Yeah. Because the iron, because the uh, the iron hands contemptor should be allowed to exist as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a bunch of discussion. How do I keep track of Atlanta Jackal demolition charges during a game? Uh, broadly, the easiest way to do it is to just lose the squad after they fire the first one. Um, the second way is like Lumans. Uh, I did have Lum I had Lumans with me that I forgot to use a bunch. No, no, I don't have yeah, all of this. It if enough of you join the Patreon, we can try to find a way to crowdfund in as coming to, mo to, to all of those. <laughs> crowdfund my LVO if you want. That'd be way better for me. Uh... <laughs> Maybe. You can sell some merch for it. Oh, we do. We can talk about that real quick, I guess, before, while Innis looks for more questions. As we will have dice at some point. We have a design for both black and white dice that we will be coming up and with. And if we sell of them, I can come to LVO and not feel bad yeah. about it. <laughs> we also have a not-so-secret jersey product coming out for possibly LVO. We'll see. It's not that secret. It's like sword. We'll have a... Is we should it a secret? Get, it's a really bad like, sword as well. We just need to figure out mm -hmm. a design we want for them that's not just basic as fuck. Maybe it'll have my diploma on it. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> Just one with the static logo and a picture of each of the five of us in like a compromising position yeah. for the other for the other five. I on that note, I think I do owe Danny from Grim After Dark a picture of me wearing my pants on my head because of the way the guard codex is shaping up. In us. DM me. That is just called coaching. That's not crowdfunding, but if you want to pay in his oodles of money, you're making Cliff very happy. Yeah. <laughs> The stressing DM. me out, stressing me out significantly. Baseball caps. <laughs> Anthony wants headpants. Uh, 
So I can actually show you what I want because it's up here from my old paintball days. This this beautiful piece of headwear right here that fits on you like this. Ta -da! Should, should it say fuck around on one side and find out on the other side? It just says F-A backslash backslash F-O. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're not changing. We're not changing ID sexes, guys. It's not happening. Sorry. What are we changing? Somebody asked if we should change the dice in 40k. Yeah, probably. We're not going to. But... Oh, yeah. No, that's not real. That The math of that change hurts my brain a little bit, and I don't want to deal with it right now. I'm just yeah. stuffing it into a box in the back of my brain for later. Also, we're not game designers, and if we theorycraft about those changes, we'd just be bullshitting you. So, mm -hmm. It would increase granularity. It would also make the dice harder to roll and more awkward and blah, blah. Yeah. Blah 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 blah. blah. Okay. Um, and as you're finding the GSC list further, I'll need to think about it. Uh, I was very happy with the list exactly as was. Um, I understand the appeal of Eric's 120 neophytes list. I liked having combat. I am not quite ready to let go of my my pregame machine stealers. I can't lie. It also seemed like you were much happier not having rock grinders. Dude, they're so awkward. Yeah. They're so hard to move. Um, yeah, they're, they're so very, they're a very good data sheet. They just didn't quite line up with what I needed from the UKT terrain. They just didn't quite hide well enough. Yeah. Um, where, Anthony, where do you see the future of Chaos Nightless moving forward? Uh, I, I really don't think Dogwalker is good. I played against it this weekend. Uh, I've played against it a bunch. Every single time I play against it, an exploding armiger knocks a phase cap off Amadon. Uh, the <laughs> and besides that just being kind of funny it just in general like it's yeah it's cute abaddon's good i get it but like it's really not like you're losing a bunch of the stuff that makes chaos knights good like they have really strong relics and even if you only get the want like helm of dogs is not enough by itself i don't think i think warp site helm is really good i think Val the veil of medrin guard on like a big knight is really strong like a permanently rotated big knight is fucking sick um blessing of the dark master kind of doesn't matter on an armiger and is wild on a big knight i tried the magara build exactly once and was blown away by how good that data sheet still is even like this deep into the edition with favor of the dark master and a permanent four up involvement and uh shooting staple to it that thing is annoying as shit to kill um also because it doesn't give auras it can be successfully jammed by itself i just think that's really good that's where i would go uh there, I get... there's a second part to that question of do you think the allying in demons has more merit not really the demons pull pull again they pull your cp lever which pulls away from your ability to take warlord traits and relics um which is not something i'm broadly interested in every time i try to write a list with flamers in it i'm like cool i have flamers now but i don't have any of the things that make my army good so what am i doing the only time i've seen that not be the case is thousand sons just as does not have anything to buy then well you run out of stuff after you, you fill out your hq slots you get like a bunch of obsec between your troops and a single unit of terminators and you're like now what and the answer to now what is flamers Exactly. Right. Let's run through the chat questions super quick. There was a bunch of good ones earlier. So yeah, I know. I saw a bunch from Adam, and I'm like, oh, God. Adam has a couple good questions in there. One of them is for you. There is a fair few. Uh, I have one in front of me that I could start <laughs> with if it. you want to. Uh, I'll just put it on screen. 
Innis, I know a lot of people have tried to pick up uh, GSC, the GSC list and struggled to get the game finished on the clock. What are your thoughts and tips for those players? Uh, I really don't know. I am a very fast player, and it just kind of happens for me. Um, all I've really got for is plan your drop turn very far in ahead. Like, have a basic idea of if the game is if the game goes roughly what you think it is, where do you need to go? And what units are you prioritizing? And just do it. Don't spend 45 minutes thinking about it if you don't have the time. Um, practice rolling a bunch of dice. Like if you, if you don't roll 32 dice for shotguns quickly, roll. Keep your dice in a pile of 16 and roll it twice. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, don't faff about too much with like making sure your coherence is perfect. Um, like you know, you don't need to be perfectly stretched. Which is just put the models down, move on with your life. It will do you. Uh, having an extra couple of minutes at the end of the game will do more for you than you than you think. Um, and make sure your opponent does their deployment on the clock if you're going to play on the clock, so that when you have to do your deployment on the clock, you're not getting hard done by, uh, because you're going to deploy on turn two, or turn one, or during turn one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you're going to have more time. If you're playing like an hour and 20 minute rounds, you should have plenty of time to play this army, because you're just going to be dying and removing models in turn four and five, or you've tabled the guy. So like, just spend all in two and three, make sure you've got enough left in the tank to have those turns, but you'll have no stuff left, so it's fine. We have more G GSC questions for you in that chat of course there as is. well. Of course there is. Innis, how do you play that GSC list into knights? Both kinds. So uh, pick, what you do is, one you see all these right? guns. <laughs> put them on both of the knights here, put them here and here, and then use the crossfire mechanic to remove them from play. Uh, you should kill four to six knights on your draw, four to six armagers on your draw turn. Potentially more if you can get the bikes in position. Oh. Uh, they cannot do anything about that. You will, you just kill them. Once something has just a three up, it's funny how vulnerable they become to, to GSC. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, it's the, the look the look on every Knights player's face when you fire the size of cannons and they like they spike their four ups or their five ups and they're like, oh, I only took six, nine damage. You're like, yeah, dude, take eight from the shotguns now. See <laughs> ya. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. Panzer's question in chat is: Will the data slate get a small update when the guard codex drops to remove the old slash inaccurate content? Whether it removes it or not, I can't imagine Hammer of the Emperor staying with the way the board heroes yeah. doctrine works. It's weird uh, that they'll lose the no line of sight nerfs, but it's it's hard to say. Rumors are often just wish wish list thing from someone, so it's difficult. I, I I don't think they'll keep any of it. I don't think they should keep any of it. Yep. Um, especially until we see how the book lands. Like, sure. I, I personally think they should have debuted Chaos Space Rangers without Armor Cadet and seen if they needed it later. It would have been so bad. <laughs> I know, but I don't think they should have done it because pre-launching the book with buffs, I think, is disingenuous to the book. Sure. I might have been able uh, to find other problems in it. I don't know. Like, it's kind of whatever. Innis, what's the Tau versus GSC matchup like? It's really okay. Um, it feels like it shouldn't be, but you are going to get first touch, and they don't get yeah. that much stuff to screen you with. Um, you're going to lose a bunch of bikes if you go second. Um, and honestly, if you go first, you're going to lose a fair few bikes, but it's not usually that many if they don't, because if they push super aggressively on you, you just get to pick exactly where the engagement happens. Um, your profiles are really, really good at killing GSC stuff. Uh, our, with GSC, are really good at killing time stuff. The planes fall out of the sky. Um, you can punch through crisis suits like they don't get to do a bunch of cool tracky stuff with cover because you ignore it you have a bunch of snipers for anything trying to do cute stuff like lookout sorry with uh, bodyguard your seconds are way better than theirs 
um, and you have more obstacles than them. It's genuinely okay. Anthony, do you want to tell people how expensive your airfare was to Coventry? Yeah, it was like six hundred before I like upgraded a thing because I was like I wanted to make sure dollars by the way. Yeah, yeah, which is like seven hundred pound. <laughs> how much? How much was your whole trip? If you don't mind ask me asking, I don't know offhand. I'm not. I'm a clearly someone that has. A I shouldn't have asked you from. this. I shouldn't yeah, have asked I'm, you this question. I am very <laughs> two income, no kids. I don't pay that close attention to my financial flow. Uh then the next question is: Have I was about five hundred pound all in for the weekend? I bad. think including hotel and yeah. ticket and everything. Yeah, the, the Airbnb being a buck twenty total for like five nights was very helpful. Yeah, I uh, was like, we... oh, yeah. sorry. No, it's it was. I'm done. It is adorable. It's Dino PJs. This is a hoodie, not pajamas. Actually, thank you very much. <laughs> it's uh, definitely. I, I have worn it. I have worn That's this outside intentionally before. My canon is now that those are PJs. Sorry, Ines. That's my I won a tournament in this once. It was really funny for everybody else. I was playing Crusher. Oh, I was no. playing, playing Crusher Stampede. Yeah. It's like dinosaur of the hell yeah. Yeah. Have um, you guys seen the Rough Riders data sheet? Is apparently the next question that we have on YouTube. Yeah, it's been all over the internet now at this point. Like that's pretty uh pretty common. Well, that's real. Seem cool. It's yeah, real they're, good. they're still pretty low on attacks. Like two attacks is not a lot. Don't be def- uh, you don't want to be scarred around around those guys though. Yeah. A five man, a five man kills a, a five man does kill a Questorus knight with all the buffs thrown on him. That's um, No, I mean, like just sense. just barely. The like average wounds is like twenty four point zero 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 six. Well, they get no like save, that. right? So mm-hmm. it's just like it just goes through. Very, seems very more involved. He seems yeah. very important, as in you probably are taking him all of the time. Yeah. I can't wait to convert him to have a G circle head and confuse everybody. Um, I mean, I'm putting my base, I'm covering my base with dead guardsman bodies because that is the true imperial noble. That's true. Uh, Four stats, Dad. What is the stat we are, we as a community are not tracking that we need to? Ooh. This is hard because there's like a lot of things I want to have. I mean, I wish that there was a good way to track terrain as like a stat, like some kind of modifier for it. The one that's one thing. Like, I wish there was a good way to track it. I wish there were like just a few different options for terrain, so we could have a measure for how that affects win rate. Because yeah. some of terrain layouts are shit, and some terrain layouts are good. And I wish there was a way for us to toggle it. Um, one of the things that I really want to track that the community doesn't track very well, mostly because BCP is huge is a huge problem that I have generally speaking. Um, is for team events, I wish we had pairings data. And then who did what for those? Because I think it would be really interesting to go into that pairings data for teams events for looking at the balance in teams. But also the other thing that I wish we could look at is what secondaries were taken and how they were scored when they were scored, which is something with the ITC Battles app, which is now just like the 40k Battles app. It's Tabletop Battles now. Goonhammer runs tabletop it. Tabletop Battles. Goonhammer runs it. Um, and that data includes everything, including casual games. And I'm more interested in the GT level data. And I wish BCP and some of the other tournament apps tracked that better in a way that was accessible for me, because I think that would be really interesting to look, look at. And I think the data from it would be really meaningful. Not that the data that Goodhammer puts out in their meta articles where they look at the battles app data isn't important, but I think it can fractioning... Be 
yeah, I think fractioning it into what we're more interested in, which is GT level data, is more important than the gross data that they get. Can I add my thought on that one as well? Uh, I yes. would. I, I love the idea of having a like actual list database which has every unit in the army, and you can look at like win rate by data sheet, like how are how actually are flamers winning? Like, are do does the flamers data sheet? How does fifteen flamers versus eighteen flamers versus you know six six three versus five five five? How does like, that would be really cool to track, and we just can't. It is not feasible. Um, so, I like that idea, but one of the problems that I have with doing something like that is as you grind down deeper into oh yeah, you get way more sheets, way more uh, relevant. Our data. data is less and less powerful at telling you a story. Mm -hmm. So I know people probably who have more stats background, who sometimes look at our data, always wish that we had more standard deviation and variance data in our data set. Part of the reason why we don't include that is just because I don't think it's as meaningful to people to include some of it, like when you're doing at-a-glance stats. One of the things that I always want to hammer at is that when you start getting into data sheet level data, you're like not, you're digging into Balrog territory where the data is powerful, but it's very dark and evil. <laughs> yeah, but I would I would love to know like what the difference like what's the difference between Fate Skimmer and Lord of Changes would rate in a Demon Army like which one is which one really does pass that vibe check? Is that a I get thing it, but that you would look at. I feel like yeah. So all right, Maybe the polls are really high on the Lord of Change, man. So I I, think... I am also now after this weekend for what it's worth. Sorry that we just totally tangented this. Uh, the Lord of Change just vaped two of my noise marine squads and then flipped me off for a minute. Died to a master of executions from 16 health. But before that point, I was really not thrilled with that dude. <laughs> I do think way more one of the things has. that is more useful would be just to look at the percentage that each data sheet is used. Um, yeah. beyond, when, beyond attaching it to a correlative, like is looking at how often, and I think Adam is actually touching on this in chat now that I see it, is tra tracking a percentage of what armies are using which warlord traits, which relics, which sub-factions, and then also like which data sheets are being used the most. I think that's meaningful because it tells you how certain data sheets are balanced and if they're warping things around them. So if you see flamers are in 40, are in 100% of GT lists for demons, that's either a problem or just something you need to take a look at a little deeper. If you never see demonettes riding their cavalry or their chariots, like ever Seekers. in any GT list seeker, sorry, Anthony, I don't, I know that people think like the, that the doctorate means that I'm smart, but really it just means that information continuously falls out of my brain and I never remember it ever again. Um, <laughs> And this was saying over the weekend, every time he learns a new Votan rule, he loses a fifth edition rule. Oh, sure. Like, I just, like, I will do something at work and then I'll get home and I'll be like, man, there was a stratagem I was thinking about and now I can't remember the name of it, but I'm going to call it this and people will eventually get to it. Or I'll describe Seekers as demonettes riding horses. My knight supporter tried to explain uh, what the, the flat six, the flat nine advance for an armor strat is three times. Starting with like Landstrider. I'm like, you don't have Landstrider. That's a warlord trade. He's like, oh, maybe I mean Landstrider. Nope, that's something else completely. What is it? Full tilt. That's all, yeah. <laughs> But, but no, it took thing... us like five minutes to get there. I'm like scrolling through the codex, like trying to find where the, what the fuck is talking about. I have 
just one more thing is that I think what people need to remember is that context is really important for stats. Um, like we talk about averages on the math math episode when everybody's at WTC a bit and we talk about context is important in that episode. Context is very important for stats. You If you just start vomiting raw numbers at people without any context whatsoever, it gets confusing and less meaningful. So if like 100% of lists have the one HQ model that they have to have in order to fill a detachment is not as meaningful as knowing 100% of lists have this specific build of that HQ. At least 66% of all sisters battle troops are battle sisters OP dash Yep. So this is important. You got to remember when we're looking at representation of units, you're probably wanting to look at over-representation of those in top fours or something to maximize your data set because you want to maximize the small amount of data you're getting in these situations. Seems Perfect. Good. I think that'll do us. Thank I mean, you, I could yell, everybody. I could, I could yell incoherently about things that bother me for a minute if you want, but I'm not going Go to. Go no, no, I'm no, done. You've said, you said it now, yell incoherently. You skipped Fine. Oh, did we? What is the most violent subfaction in all of Ninth Edition so far, Tony V? No trait levy. So far, <laughs> so far, it's surely been Creations of Isle. But that's the real shit. Guys, it's, it's not out yet, though. No trait levy, Crusher Stampede, the most violent subfaction in the game so far. That. Might be true. That shit was pretty <laughs> reckless. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That shit. I didn't play it like in tournaments, but woo lad. Yeah, you just turned the dial of disrespect all the way to eleven. That was the only yeah. way to play Crusher. That's true. All right, now Innis, walk us out. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. As always, we have been Stat Check. This has been episode eighteen. Why we need a proper US circuit. If you enjoyed the show, you can check us out at youtube.com slash c slash stat check, where you can drop us a like, a comment, a subscription, whatever. Anything helps us out. We really appreciate all of you guys for doing that. If you really like the show and you want to support us in a more meaningful way, you can check out patreon.com slash stat check, where you can support us, get access to our Discord and our bonus content a little bit earlier, as well as some extra bonus content that we don't prepare for everybody because it's not the vibe that we're looking for or as professionals we'd like or, you know, all those kind of things uh, that basically mean we're, we're drunk when we did it. Um... Thank you, everybody. I've been Innes. These have been Anthony and Nathan, who will be back next week at the same time, which is 11 p.m. UK, sometime Central US, sometime Mountain US, definitely sometime on Wednesday in Australia. CST. If you, missed, if you missed us last week, uh, <laughs> that was because we were on daylight. We were on daylight savings on different times in the UK and the US. So uh, go and check that out on YouTube if you did miss the. Uh, we started an hour earlier, so if you're checking it later on, that's it. <laughs> Anthony's about to end the show. He's really, really annoyed at me for running this long, but we've technically not hit an hour and thirty yet, so I'm not in trouble yet. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us. This has been Stat Check. We will see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank you.